on, everyone. Thanks for listening to Hot Mike's podcast. My name is Riley Williams. I'll be your host. And today I want to do a little bit different of an introduction. I'm actually going to read the, the bio of our guest, Will Branham, directly from his website because the stuff that he's done in his life is, is encapsulated perfectly in the About Our Founder section of his website at nw-recovery.com. Will's an awesome man. Very, very grateful that he took the time to talk to me. So let's just dive right into this. A former U.S. Navy SEAL with 26 years of service, Will Branham is the founder of NW Recovery. At an early age, Will knew he wanted to be a part of a team that would push him beyond whatever limits he thought he had and still enjoy the outdoors and all it had to offer. He charged forward and became an Eagle Scout and joined the Navy immediately after graduating high school. After graduating from SEAL training, BUDS Class 208, he was stationed in Virginia Beach, Virginia, then San Diego, California. And finally, Oahu, Hawaii, where he served on multiple SEAL teams, taught SEAL sniper school, and deployed around the globe. Now, as with too many veterans, Will suffered from numerous physical injuries and psychological symptoms that negatively impacted his well-being and quality of life. Migraines, severe anxiety, chronic pains, difficulty focusing, difficulty sleeping or falling asleep, and depression are some of the symptoms that he would struggle with on a daily basis. He tried many prescription medications to help and eventually started to self-medicate with alcohol to help with pain and sleep issues. During his last few years of military service, Will started hearing more and more about the promising benefits of cannabinoids like CBD. Ultimately, he chose to wait until his retirement from the military before exploring this new world of plant-based benefits to help aid in his physical and psychological recovery. Determined to maintain his top-secret security clearance after the military, he sought THC-free options of CBD. Since his discovery of CBD, he's reduced his anxiety, improved sleep, less joint pain, and an overall improved, improved quality of life. Today, Will is focused on sharing the recovery benefits he has experienced through premium, quality, THC-free CBD, and hopes that other veterans and first responders can also experience their own recovery. One of the other things that I'd like to talk about really quick is a website that Will has started. It's www.5sealsecrets.com. Will shared this doc- document with me uh, right after we, we aired this episode, and he, he wanted to know what my thoughts were on it. And I, I think that there's a, a lot of value in that document. So give it a visit, download that PDF, let Will know what you think on social media. Tag Will in anything that you do, anything you buy, anything you see, even if it's not his his work, if it's not his CBD, not his Navy SEAL secrets, tag him in it. Will is very, very active on social media. I'm so thankful to to be able to sit down and talk with people like Will. I'm so thankful that you guys continue to listen to to these episodes. You guys make it happen for me. Anyways. Will Branham, U.S. Navy SEAL. Let's get it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have the uh, one and only Will Branham. Will, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, first off, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that you're in Hawaii, correct? Yep. What part of Hawaii are you in? I live on the island of Oahu. Ooh, it's North the, Shore. Well, 
where I, you where know what I, I used to live really close to the north shore we're like 15 minutes away so uh-huh. you know during the winter for surfing you know i wake up at you know 5 five thirty. right right i'd be you know on the beach in in 15 20 minutes ready to, to paddle out and Get right uh, now where highway. i live yeah now where i live awesome, i'm brother. it's i'm kind of the northeast part of oahu so mm-hmm. it's really like an hour from the north shore so the surfing on this side of the island is not as good as that right, side right. but you you know better yeah better we, schools for my kid and and amenities and what have you so for sure for sure everything yeah, costs something there. and so right now <laughs> it's costing me surfing so that's a fact that's a fact yeah we so i've been out to hawaii one time we went out there to uh to turtle bay up there on the north shore yep. so i mean yep. ever since then man i've Beautiful. fell in love with it i mean you get away from honolulu and all of a sudden it's you know you get in these the the very uh not so touristy areas yes oh my gosh man beautiful but you place. wouldn't believe so, the traffic like if you go oh. to the north shore on like saturday after like 10 a.m you're just going to be sitting in traffic for an hour hour and a half just to go like three miles because people are like looking at turtles or they don't know what they're doing or yeah so that gets a little frustrating but you yeah we you know and i life we're not, I'm not, i won't dive into the people that that are always stopping on cam highway taking a yeah. picture of god knows what but that was my biggest frustration. I'm like, I want to get to the hotel. I want to do my thing. And, and, but we're sitting here, stop behind, right. you know, anyways. Nonsense. Um, so what, so what brought you out to, what brought you to Hawaii? So uh, before we dive into your Neil, uh, your, your Neil, your Navy SEAL experience and, and that whole part of your life, what brought you to Hawaii? What brought you to where you're at right now? Uh, the SEAL teams actually brought me out here. So there is a small SEAL team. Uh, it's a SEAL delivery vehicle team. So it's a, it's a mini submarine that uh, you put a pilot and a navigator up front, both SEALs, and they drive and navigate. And then you can put four guys in the back. And uh, it's very, I'm gonna say it's very tight quarters and I can kind of describe that in a minute, uh, how tight it is. But there's a team out here in Hawaii and they're doing some very strategic operations. You know, they're so they're so sensitive that the, the approval goes all the way up to the president of the United States. So that's really? just how sensitive the, you know, regular SEAL operations or any other military operations generally don't go to that level of, of approval. And so right. the, the, the missions that we're doing out here are, are that sensitive that they go to the president of the United States. I mean, there's like everyone is approving or disapproving all the way up. And if everyone sure. is approving, then, and it's, you know, of that strategic importance, then the president, you know, signs it and, and off we go. So that was, uh, you know, I wanted to see behind the curtain. I wanted to see what's going on out there in this suit. Like what, what are those secrets? And quite honestly, when you look behind the curtain and you see the secrets, you're like, that's so underwhelming. But, you know, <laughs> the strategic importance is is pretty, pretty powerful. Um, sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, I wanted to look behind the curtain. So I came out here and uh, and I and I worked and on that SEAL team. And then I retired, you know, I retired working at the headquarters out here. Um, and then there wasn't a reason for me to like run back to the, to the mainland. I like it out sure. here. I like surfing. Um, it's, you know, not, there's not, a, there's worse places to live for sure. And so I'll be That's here awesome, until, until, um, you know, until I need to move somewhere else. So there's a reason, yeah, to, to make yeah, you move. Exactly. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. And you did 25, 26 years in the season. 26 years, yes, sir. Okay, that's awesome. How many of those years? I mean, is that all? Did you start in the SEAL team? I mean, did you did you go to Buds? I mean, how, how did that all work? Or were you in the Navy so, for a little bit? So I grew up in, in Meridian, Mississippi. 
It was a lot of years ago, like 150,000 years ago. Um, and, uh, but, and I always knew I wanted to be some sort of a commando of sorts because my role models were like John Rambo, uh, um, Chuck Norris from the movie Delta Force, uh, uh, John Wayne uh, as a Green Beret in the movie Green Berets. Um, you know, I watched Kung Fu Theater, so I wanted to be a ninja also. And, uh, and so I was in the, in the Boy Scouts, I hunted. And so I spent a lot of my time outside in, in the outdoors. So I always knew I wanted to be part of some sort of military unit. I didn't, I don't even think I knew the word elite back then, but I right. wanted to be something special. I didn't want to be average or ordinary, even though I was an average ordinary guy. And I had like, my GPA was like in high school was like a 2.33333. I wasn't overly smart. I mean, I was smart enough, but, uh, I didn't you did what you had to do to get by. Right. right, I didn't apply myself, and I was taking all like AP classes mostly because that's where the girls were. They were all the attract hot girls were in the AP classes. That's so right. We just had <laughs> right. you know, uh, so that's why I took those classes. Um, so I was smart enough to get by, but I wanted to. Then I heard about Navy, the like the SEAL teams, like what a right. Navy SEAL was, and they're like, oh yeah, they're like you know all your other Army Ranger, Green Beret, whatever, run around in the woods. They work in really small units. They scuba dive, they jump out of airplanes, they do all this other stuff, and they're the, they're the best out there. And I'm like, check, I want to be part of the best. So, so I, the Navy recruiter called me, and, uh, you know, just out of the blue, because this was pre-internet, pre-cell right. phone. Exactly. Um, and uh, he's like, hey, have you ever thought about joining the Navy? And prior to that, I was like, no way, Jose. But then I was like, well, there's only one way to get there, and that's, right. you know, through the Navy. I also wanted to, you know, the movie Top Gun came out. So I wanted to fly F-14 Tomcats as well. And so um, I certainly, I try to set the bar high, apparently. Uh, someone told Maybe me pilot, earlier. Right. And, uh, and so he said, well, come on down and let's check you out. I watched, you know, the, the Navy SEAL recruiting video. It was really cheesy and really terrible. But as soon as it ended, I was like, yep, that's exactly what I want to do. Let's do it. Where do I sign up? How do I do this? And then I also want to fly airplanes. He's like, okay, one step at a time. Uh, first, you take the ASVAB. I took the ASVAB. I did pretty well, well on it. That was before you even took the ASVAB. That's, that's yeah. funny. Man. I'm like, let's go. That's let's do it. Funny. I'm ready. Um, so I took the ASVAB, I, and I chose to become a gunner's mate, which I thought had to do with guns. It makes sense. It does, but just not in the sense that you're thinking of. It has to do with the big guns and, and missile launching systems that are on big gray Navy ships. And so I kind of knew that, but I didn't care. I just wanted to, you know do a Navy job so that I could go to SEAL training. And so I joined the Navy. I went to boot camp. I took the SEAL screening test and I failed it. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. I didn't, I didn't work out like I needed to. to so it was, a, it was a PT test. It was, it it's was a PT, PT test. It so it's like it a, wasn't it's the a swim. Okay. Right. It's a swim. It's push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and a run. It's like I look at it now and I'm like, really? That was it? I had trouble with that? But okay. <laughs> um but uh, even now that I'm old and broken and retired, I'm still like, really? It's that, that was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I failed that. I failed it then. But then I went on to, to go to my, my technical school, my gunner's mate school. And, uh, and I was, it was up in like uh, north of Chicago in the winter. And it was cold and miserable and dark. And I was like, dude, I don't want to get up that early to go. I mean, I'll take the test later. I was a procrastinator. Right. I'll take it later. And so I did. I took it later, like two years later, because what happened is uh, I, towards the end when I should have been taking the test, I was high enough in the class that I could pick orders to go to uh, 
I could I could just go take the test or I could uh, go to another school for four more months, get in better shape. It was my thinking, not the Navy's thinking. The Navy right, had right. other plans. My thinking is I'll go to this other school, four more months, I'll get in better shape, and then I'll go to Bud's. And what happened is when I took that other school for four more months, I was I obligated myself to go sit on a ship in Yokosuka, Japan for 24 months. And uh, and so I was as as I'm finishing up this this other school, I'm like, but I really want to go to Bud's. And they're like, sorry. I'm like, what if I fail out of the school? They're like, well, you're still going to that ship because you coming here, you're automatically going there. So I, I went to the ship. I did my time. And then when my time was up, I called the guy that says, you, where you go next? And I said, hey, I'm dropping a package to go to Bud's. And he's like, you can submit a package, but I'm not going to let you go. You're too critical to the Navy. And I said, well, what if I, if you don't let me go, I'm going to get out. And he said, okay, fine, get out. I'm still not going to let you go to Bud's. And so... The chief of Serious. naval operations. Yeah, uh, he totally called my bluff. I mean, it was I would just find another way. But the chief of naval operations, who's the most senior guy in the navy, there's only two people that are more senior to him, and that's the secretary of defense and the president of the United States. He came to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan, and had CNOs call, and uh, I, you know, people kind of prepped me for it. They're like, hey, he's a common sense leader. He does, you know, if you ask him something and it makes sense. He's going to say yes and like change policy right there on the spot. And so like you, since everyone's telling you or your detailer says you can't go, you should ask him if he'll let you go. And I'm like, okay, I, what am I? I'm, they're not going to do anything to me if I like say something stupid. So right, I raised right. my hand. He's like, is there any questions? I was the second person he called on. I said, I joined the Navy to be a SEAL. I think I deserve a chance to go, but my detailer won't let me go because I'm too critical to the Navy. And I think I deserve a chance to go. What do you think? He's like, you're right. Actually, first, first he turns to my commanding officer and he says, is he a good guy? He was like, yeah, he was a sailor of the quarter this quarter. And so he turns back to me and he says, okay, you'll be in the first class after your PRD, which is planned rotational date. That was six weeks later. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm off to, to California. That's, that's fast, dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Six weeks. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just like the timing sure, of it. Sure, sure, But sure. like, you know, this was, you know, pre-internet, pre-anything. Like we were fat doing, you know, sending faxes. Sure. Uh, and I was in Japan and the, the detailer office was in Washington, D.C. So I don't there's like 12 hours difference. So from the time that the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy came to me after the, the call was over, took my social security number, and the, the three hours later that I called Washington, D.C. that night, uh, my orders had already been cut and they were already in the mail on the way to me. My goodness. Like it was like nothing like it, that happened so quickly. I don't believe that it would have happened as quickly today as it happened back then. Have you, have you With, talked to the your... archaic, the archaic communications that we had right. back then? Right. Have you, I mean, since that point, since what did you say it was your detailer that said that he wasn't going to let you? Yeah. Is that what, okay. So yeah, I mean, since that happened, did you ever see him again or talk to him again or anything? No. And, and, you know, it was just like phone calls back then. And, right. uh, and, you know, it was even pre email. So it was just phone calls. And, uh, and so when I got to buds and I got hurt a couple of times and they were like talking about kicking me out because I wasn't like meeting the standard because you've been hurt twice. You got to go. And I'm like, hold it. Hold it. Hold. hold on. It took a lot for me to get here. If I leave right. now, I may never have an opportunity to come back. And I'm like right. talking there. I'm like tears coming down my face. And I'm like very heartfelt. And the guy left. He's like, he's like, go stand outside. And so I stood outside and I stood outside about three hours, I think on crutches. 
And then the guy comes back from meetings. And he's like, what are you still doing here? Go check in over to PTRR. And, and I was like, oh, thank you. And super grateful. And like, don't definitely don't get hurt again. If you get hurt, uh, just keep pushing through. And I, you know, I never healed up from that event right away. Like I, you what know, what did you do? Well, so I don't, no one knows like my knee. I can't, the best way I can describe it is the, my left knee. If I tried to stand on my left leg and bend my knee, I would collapse. Like it didn't mm -hmm. hold any weight. So mm -hmm. I, I, no, no clue. There was no tears. There was nothing like that, like massive inflammation for sure. But you know, for the, for the next four or five weeks that I was sort of in six weeks in recovery, it never healed. Um, I just iced it and, you know, put ice packs around it every night and took, I was taking 1600 milligrams of ibuprofen three times a day, uh, to kind of like inflammation and pain and whatever. And These seals are different, man. And I, and I, you know, we started in the next class. I had no choice. It's either start and like perform or go to the fleet. So I had to start and I had to perform. And my runs were not like I only passed maybe one or one run before Hell Week, and and I remember that run. And it was I woke up one morning and I was like, like I was just different. Like things were different in my right. brain. I was like, I, we've got that four mile time run, and I'm gonna go crush it. And I went and I crushed that run. And uh, and I was like, I need to do that every single day. I don't know what happened to me, but I did it. I just hobbled my way all the way through, and I all the way through Hell Week. And somehow when I came out of Hell Week, my my leg knee it healed up like it stopped being weak i don't know i can't describe it how, how many uh, stop. How, how many times do you hear a navy seal talk about getting done with hell week and all of a sudden his shit is all better you know what i mean i was it's good to go you know what i got stronger in hell week uh like mentally and physically stronger Jeez, man um and it was only because of the boat crew that i was with so early on in hell week i was like sunday night monday during the day, I heard this other boat crew that was like winning all the races and guys that I was with, guys are quitting, guys are trying to keep guys. I'm like, beat it, bro. I've been here for six months. I, I, I need, I got something to do. You're slowing me down right now. And then we, like we'd lost enough people by Monday night in that class, Monday afternoon. And I was like, I'm going to get into that boat crew three. And so I was like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, there's seven guys in the boat crew. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five. I'm number five or number seven. I'm like right here. I'm definitely going to be like counted out for boat crew three because you're, you're, it's according to height and I'm about six feet. Right. So that, you know, in that five, nine to six, one sort of range. And I like got in there. If I, if the guys were taller, I like got some sand and I stood, so that was a little bit taller. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be in that boat crew. And so when I got in the boat crew, what I noticed is everyone in there was average at best, but they all had something a little bit different. Like we, like if there was a gap from the boat in front, like carrying a boat on your head doesn't seem like it's all that hard. It's, you know, it's right. 250 pounds, but it's, it's hard. Like it's like constant battle, you know, banging and your neck exactly. damage and, and rubbing your head raw. And that's why I'm bald now. That's what I say anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, what I found, it, what I discovered is, Bud sucks. Hell Week sucks. Carrying that boat around sucks. But these guys, they didn't care. And no one ever talked about it. But we all liked suffering in the front of the pack than suffering in the back. You're going to suffer no matter what. Where do you want to be? Right. You want to be in the front or right. in the back? And so there was just something, the energy in the group. And we just, like, if there was a gap in front of us, we passed that boat crew. 
we passed an expo crew and we won almost every single race during hell week and so i had to be mentally tough i'm like i can't slow down and slow the boat crew down i'm like like i like being surrounded by that kind of energy and that kind of desire for greatness i was like they're pulling me forward and so my job now is to like try to push them yeah, forward yeah and and so just being around and that was really it was buds in that boat crew uh that really taught me that you know it's like you always have more energy than you think uh and it's way better to suffer in the front than it is to suffer in the back because we're all going to suffer everything costs something and so let's you know let's you know, suffer I, in the front I, and not I the back i love that i love that saying and i'm actually going to write that down because um <laughs> again you know having gone having gone through you know uh, law because again, law enforcement it's a, it's very different than, than than the seals or the rangers and things like that. But you go through stuff like like SWAT Hell Week, which again is not Navy SEAL Hell Week. So please please don't think it's still hard. Were. I mean, there's still well, like it, you know it, 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 it's hard for a reason. Correct. The hardest thing for me, and this is no shit, was was dealing with people that didn't have that mindset that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Where they're just like, well. Well, I'm gonna get my ass kicked anyways. You know, they're gonna get beat down, so they're you know, they're just barely pushing the fire truck or whatever they're doing. And right, you know, I and, you know, I, I, I grew and it's up doing like athletics. that. Like, there's tons of guys that like have that mentality, even in the SEAL teams. But it was like, and I probably would have had that attitude. But you know, like I'd been there for kind of a long time, and I'm like, okay, you want to quit? <laughs> beat it. Like, and other yeah. guys are like, no, no, don't quit. I'm like, no, no, let him go. Get him out of here. He's slowing did, us down. Did, did that I want to you, be up there. <laughs> right. Did that, and I understand that in the teams, your reputation is everything. I hear, right. I hear, I don't know how many SEALs I've heard say that exact thing. Did that, did that give you any kind of like a bad reputation or like a badass reputation? Like, hey, we, we want to follow, we want to follow Will or you know what I mean? We want to follow Branham. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, um, you know, Hell Week is, it's a little bit weird because you know it's there's no other time in your life that you're going to have that sort of experience you right. you will have probably harder experiences but that's just like uh you know the the circumstances you're being told what to do you're being driven every day so you're not there's not a lot of decision making that happens you know you have two decisions to make you can either your decision is to either quit or to keep going those are the only decisions you have to make and when you, in life, you're gonna have much more complicated decisions where you may have a lot less information and you know, more challenging circumstances, maybe not really physically, but also it could be physically and then emotionally and whatever that, that sort of pull you down in, into like right. kind of a dark place. And then you have to make other decisions. But in Hell Week, it's like go or don't go. Yeah. Keep going or, yeah. or, or quit. And you have you get to make that decision every every day, every hour, every second, every minute, and uh, it, whether you're going to keep going or or quit. And if you're in my way and you're slowing me down from getting where I want to go, and the rest of the team, you're not only slowing me down, you're slowing the rest of the team down. Then you need to go. Don't right. you're not your job isn't to be here. Your job is to be somewhere else, and yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, especially, I got to stop saying, you know, that drives me nuts. It pisses me <laughs> off. I, I catch myself saying it all the time. Um, but that, that exact mentality, I think is, is something that the world today deals a lot with, right? Where, where, um, I, it, <laughs> I, I hate I hate being that guy to to talk about how everybody's a winner and everybody just needs to put just try their best and whatever happens happens. We're, I hate being that we guy. are not 
all equal. Exactly. Thank you. 100%. I We're Ray, not all equal. We all I sent Ray are. a text. Exactly, dude. Exactly. I sent Ray a text just the other day and 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 again, it's nothing against it's nothing against the person that completed Naval Special Warfare, but they talked about the um how there was a female that completed it and things like that. And now people are talking about how she's going to go complete buds and um, different, for me, I, well, that's what I'm saying is, is yeah. physically it's, it just, how do you, how do you talk about this stuff without sounding like an asshole? Right. Because right. it's just not going to happen. You, you just look at not, the world. The world correct. isn't, the world isn't, it's not fair. It's not equal. There's not, you know, we live in the greatest nation on earth where we have, all the rights in the world where mm-hmm. other places you don't have the rights that we have here today you don't have the privilege right. that you have here today um and you know a lot of it is just media noise and their job is to stir up uh to stir shit up and and to drive fear and anger and that's how they make their money and that's their job so they're yeah. doing a great job at their job uh and and so so you just have to like block that nonsense out yeah. i mean I remember graduating, finishing Hell Week, and I was like, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it, at the right. end of the day, it's not, it's not that bad. Um, but as far as – but we're not, we're not all equal. We're not all made equal. We're all humans. We're all Americans. Yeah, but we're not all equal. Like some people are smarter than other people. Some people are bigger and stronger than other people. Tall people, short sure. people, fat sure. people, skinny people. You sure. you should be judged on the merits of your actions, on the merits of like doing good or bad in the world, not skin color or race or sex or anything else. Like right. you should be judged on your actions and nothing else. Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more with that. And 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 again, it's one of those weird things where you try very hard, especially in. Because this is not again this podcast it's it's not a, it's not monetized or anything like that right and so for me it's you never know who's gonna step in here and be like oh he's an asshole because he thinks that's fine because you know what you I mean? can call because me an asshole exactly maybe I, lots about. of people have called me asshole it's fine I don't care <laughs> right right and so uh, it, it it's just it's just funny man so for me I'm like well maybe I should just be careful but then I'm like wait I, I'm meeting with some with some badass people i'm meeting with will with ray with 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 jay meeting with a guy named jack vale who did pranks on youtube uh on wednesday in in nashville so for me i mean maybe i'm at the i just you know whatever happens happens it's not monetized so right who cares doesn't matter i mean right? doesn't matter there's, can't there's an audience out there for sure and yeah yeah i mean as, so. again and as long as you're trying to be bring goodness in the world and your Correct. message is like about Correct. being awesome being the most awesome self that you can be being the navy seal the of yourself i think that's something exactly. that ray has kind of coined a little bit be the navy seal of your life and yeah like that's yeah everyone should do that but most people don't yeah, most people are are they're cool with being mediocre and it kind of reminds me of of uh, uh a a a quote the man in the arena um, by Teddy Roosevelt. Hold on, I have it. I have it right here. I have it almost memorized, but not quite. Not not good enough to just like off the cuff, uh, just like throw it out there. But yeah, basically, no you know. Hear it. Hold on, I sure. Yeah, I'm, I have I'm big it on here. quotes, man. I have I got quotes saved all over in my phone as pictures. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So here it is. Get them all behind me. So it's it's the man in the arena. It's the long version of that that Teddy Roosevelt 
uh, wrote and and spoke to at a some sort of conference convention, and it was in in France. And so it goes like this: the poorest way to face a life is to face it with a sneer. There are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride in cynicism. There are many who confine themselves to the criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt. There is no more unhealthy being, no man less worthy of respect than he who really holds or feigns to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief to all that is great and lofty, whether in achievement or in that noble effort where, even if it fails, comes the second achievement. It isn't the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and even if he fails, fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And that is by Teddy Roosevelt, and it talks about like the world today. I mean, it was written, you know, 100 years ago, and, exactly. and spoken and it's like there's no different today like don't be mediocre don't talk shit about people who if you're not willing to give it a shot and be willing to fail like it, we're surrounded by mediocrity every day and, exactly. and that's just uh, and, and, and it's our job to go and crush the mediocrity in our own life and help other people to crush mediocrity in their life exactly yeah uh, you know I love that and the, when, when you were when you were when you were reciting that for me, it's again. I told you I have a lot of quotes and stuff saved up. Whatever the stuff that I have, it's, it's a lot of mental health stuff, right? Because for me, I had a lot of anxiety and depression, not because of anything specific. It just, it's just one of those things. It just sometimes it's unavoidable. You know, some people deal with it, some people don't. Unfortunately, I was dealt that hand where I got to deal with it. So for me, I view that, and I'm like, well, you know, it, it resonates with me because. Um, so like going and seeing a therapist, for example, right? There's a lot of people I feel like that don't, that would not go see a therapist because they're, they're worried about the way that it feels or they're, but they'll, but they'll judge you because you're out going to see a therapist. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm like, well, at least I'm going to try to fix my shit. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and it's like that with everything. I mean, you look at law enforcement these days, law enforcement, people, people want to judge, people want to tell them how they should have done this or done that. Then, then, then you go do it. Like you, if you, yes. if you think that, like, that they should I, have done it, you go do it. Mark Lamb, he's he's on Live PD, and I don't know if you know who he is. He's sheriff out of Pinal County, Arizona. He's 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 got a lot of notoriety. Um, I had him on as my first guest, and that's exactly what he said. He's like, well, if you think that everybody's doing it so bad, then why don't you go do it? Yeah, you know. But they they won't they won't they couldn't pass no. a background check. They couldn't do a polygraph. They couldn't do all that. So. I don't. I don't want to do that job. That's too hard of a job for for me. <laughs> I'm not man enough to do that job, and I appreciate every law enforcement officer out there that does. They're 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 great, man. They're 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 so great. We uh, especially when you start knowing people that that have been really in in the I say the circles, but you look at the the Dave Acosta's, right? Yeah. You look at the Dave Acosta's Amazing. being involved with 
I'm, I feel like I feel like everybody in every branch of of any kind of military, law enforcement, federal, whatever it may be, someone knows Dave. I'll go to you know, I'll go to I a almost, show. And I I've, almost moved I got to this Utah on. because of Dave. No, serious. Yeah. What yeah. are we gonna do with him? Just start doing some stuff with you tactical. Yeah, I mean, probably like yeah, you know, with with Fightback Nation and and uh, and other things and and sort of got chills into by that the network. Way, and, that. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was definitely like, and you know, like COVID happened and like yeah, and, like yeah. there was some some points here where maybe that's like the direction that we need to go. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually I'm in the middle of of buying a house in Salt Lake City right now. Oh, serious? I'm I'm due to close uh, in like two weeks. Are you serious? Yeah, that, I'm not planning awesome. on moving there anytime soon. But yeah, definitely, I, you know, buying a house there, and uh, so I guess that's sort of like some roots, roots ish. Well, heck yeah, man! Yeah, well, but it's a step in the out, right direction. We'll, we'll, oh man, come party with Neil. We'll all, it'll be a good time. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a good group of people out here. Um, can't you know? I can't complain about it. it. I'm from Missouri, so Utah's a little bit different, a little bit right. more. Uh, sort of looking for urbanized but sure it's still good man it's, it's, awesome. it's a very it's like, a conservative yeah. state great people so i i got i got no problems and it's very uh what's the word i'm looking for here it's very entrepreneurial focused yeah there's so many businesses here it's I, entrepreneurial I mean, you, it's it's veteran friendly it's correct, uh, a lot of veteran correct. entrepreneurs there so and that's mm-hmm. what dave's like hey man there's a whole network out here, people you can tap into, and I'm like, you're oh, right. Absolutely. Because living on a rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, this ain't easy. <laughs> yeah, man. I, oh, I can imagine. I mean, I guess Mitch is out there though, right now, right? Mitch Aguirre. Mitch uh, Aguirre. He, no, he lives in Virginia Beach, I think. Oh, I think I just saw I him mean, on Instagram. I, he, he could be, be out here there visiting. He could be out here uh, visiting, but I don't. But I don't he lives know. in Virginia Beach. I think so. That's yeah. that's that, that's actually my territory. We were actually going to go out there next week for a, a show called Warrior East, and I was going to go out there and yep. you know, just go to dinner with with Jay and, and Ray. But I don't even know if I'm going yet, so we'll okay. we'll see what happens. But there's a right. lot of seals that live in Virginia Beach, man. Well, there's like. like there's major seal teams. There's four or five mm-hmm. seal teams out there. Jeez, I didn't know there was. It's that either it's either Virginia was... Beach or San Diego, California. Those are the Jeez. two hubs of of the seal teams. Yeah. You mean they don't want to put one in in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Well, there's not a lot of ocean there, so you know, part of our, our <laughs> deal is, is the ocean. <laughs> you can go swimming in ponds. There's a lot of funny right. ponds. That's cool, man. So, so before before I dive into what you're doing right now with 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 Naked Warrior, I want to dive a little bit into the 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 mental health aspect of going through buds and and I don't know if you got rolled back if you got. Uh, like medically rolled. I don't know how that all worked with you. If yep. you got sent back to another class, however that worked. Um, but how did, how did that work for you? I mean, how did you handle that? How did you handle getting hurt? how did you deal getting your, your ass beat left and right? I mean, during hell week, I assume you guys did some evolutions outside of hell week that were still terrible. I mean, maybe, maybe not. How, how do you, de- how do you deal with those, those, those situations where you're like, I'm at my limit. I, I can't, I can't, I can't go any further. I can't take another step because I don't think a lot of people have been in that position where they're like, they're like, I'm, I'm literally done for. I can't do anything more. I've tried everything I can. I don't think people have ever been in that. And I think that buds is kind of designed to get you to that point And then just to get you to take one more step and then another step. Right. I mean, maybe. Yeah. So it's so kind of to start off and answer your question about getting hurt, getting hurt was devastating for me. It wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't the injury that was devastating. It was the fact that, like, 
I'm no longer with this group of guys that I have already started bonding with. I'm sure I've stopped my forward momentum down this road that it took me four years, you know, really to just to get like after I joined the Navy, it was still three more years before I got to, to even step foot on the buds compound. And now I'm like, yeah, put on the brakes and like, I'm not moving forward. And then I get hurt again. Like I'm progressing in the next. So I started in class two zero five. I got medically rolled. I broke an ankle. Uh, you know, it was like one of these weird, like, like it, I rolled it, no big deal. It didn't even swell up that much, but like, you know, kind of like with my knee, like I didn't have like power. I'm like, I don't know what the deal is. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I went to medical and they're like, the, I remember it was a female EOD, uh, PA. And, uh, she, she said, you probably just need to suck it up. There's probably nothing wrong. You just need to suck it up. And I'm like, okay, check, but we're going to send you to get x-rays anyway. And so they, we, I went and got x-rays, came back. And there was a bone about an inch uh, long that was broken off the bottom of my, whatever, the outside tibia fibula. Uh, it was like broken and it was just like floating oh. there. And she was like, oh, uh, my bad. I, my, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't have to suck it up. Maybe you actually have a broken ankle. And so, like, you know, that, that rolled me back into class 206. I just like focused on like uh, ice and contrast baths and like I wore an air cast and I wore a like a, a like a steel plate, a fiberglass plate mm-hmm. in my boot, so I couldn't like flex my foot, and I could still like move and function and and whatever. I just not like couldn't like flex my my foot, which was fine. Uh, and, and I learned how to like walk on the sand, which translated into running on the sand because running in soft sand is very different from running on hard pack. Uh, and so and I started to get a little faster. I you know started in class two zero six. I got a little faster, a little faster. I finally kept up on a conditioning run and then we got up from that con- you know kind of stretching out while everyone else is kind of getting punished for falling behind and run out to the ocean and that's where my left knee kind of gave out on me and I was oh. like oh, are you kidding me this does not make sense and then they're like okay we're gonna kick you out okay maybe we'll keep you around like the emotional like ups and downs of that was way worse than anything that I ever went through in yeah, training I can imagine that um, I can imagine. and then you know going through uh, first phase and, and hell week and and uh, with, you know, limping, like whatever, dude, this is just the way it is. And then, uh, get rolled again after that, but I had made it through hell week. So they're like, okay, you can stay. Uh, but still, I'm still telling that story. Hey, I, you know, if I leave, I might not get to come back. So, you know, la la, whatever. And, uh, and then, uh, second phase of buds, like the, the suck factor is not over. Like they treat you a little more like a grown up. They start to build you up a little more, but there's still days where you get the beat down. And uh, there's parts of second phase, and it's like, uh, you know, they're they're teaching you how to to dive, but also they're teaching you how to do a, a lot of uh, attention to detail stuff underwater, under very stressful situations. So think about, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu underwater where you're not allowed to fight back, and uh, they take your air source away so that you can't breathe, and then you have to once they're done beating you up and tying your hoses in knots. Now you have to go through some very detailed procedures to fix the problem. Like you can't just like rip your tanks off and start untying. You have to like check hoses and do this and that. And I was generally out of breath. Like I'm already like, before they're like even done tying knots. You taking deep breaths right here, (laughs) right? I'm like. (laughs) And so, uh, and so there's this, uh, and it's called pool comp. And I consider pool comp harder than, than hell week. I'll do hell week again before I'll do pool comp again. Um, just because, like, it's, like, terrible. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, the procedures towards the end of pool, like, 
you know, they give you different level of hardness of, of problems to solve. And the final problem is called the whammy knot. And um, oh god! And so it's like you you're not able to untie it underwater. Well, someone also told me that if you ha- if there's a bubble, there's air. And I would like work on the problem and I'd stretch and mm, mm, and I'm like desperate for air. I see a bubble. I would get a little. I would keep working a little more bubble. And, and I untied three whammy knots, and finally they pulled me out of the pool, and they're like, okay, well, I've tied three whammy knots. You clearly are not going to not untie the knot and finish the thing, so we're just going to go ahead and pass you. I'm like, check. Because I didn't awesome. want to do the procedures for the, the rest, because so you're out of breath. You like work on it. You work on it. You work on it. And then you have to ask permission to go to the surface, and then they have to say, okay, you're good. And then you have to do all this other stuff. And then take your weight belt and put it across your your tanks off the back of your legs. And then you have to look up again and ask permission again. And then when they give you permission, then you kiss the bottom of the pool. And then you look up, open up your your mouth and like blow all of your air out from like 10 feet below. And then as you swim to the surface, they come up and they punch you in the stomach to make sure that you're not holding any air in. Because if you breathe air in at depth and you hold your breath and go to the surface, you can embolize yourself. And that's very, very bad. So they want to make sure that you don't do that. So, um, but, that's crazy. But also, that's like I'm like, oh, well, I, out of breath, I can't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, you know, once there was a knot that I couldn't untie. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but right, I just untied right. the knots. So and then there were how other. Long, how long were you underwater during your pool comp? Like during. It's your, about a 20 minute knots. evolution, really. Um, 15, 20 minutes, and they like it depends how fast you are and whatever. Um, sure. But it, you know, it's just you're just trying to be slow and methodical and, and solve the problem. And right. uh, I don't like I I have micro lungs. I've discovered I'm not naturally good at holding my breath. <laughs> really, thought every yeah. seal was like a was like a literal. Now fish I, I caveat that with I did take a a free diving course, and um, was this within the Navy or was this in in the SEAL teams? It was actually out here okay. in Hawaii. I took a free diving. They brought you know the world world class free divers in and taught us and um, and everyone except for one person in the class that wasn't me. Everyone every person in the class. Uh, held their breath for four minutes four minutes static breath hold and it, you're like it's super zen you're like face in the water and your hands are on the pool and you know to tell your buddy that you're okay like you can hear him like he's watching you because if you breathe any bubbles out then you've lost control and they pull you up uh, and so you just like lift a finger like a like index finger um, and he'll ask are okay and you just lift a finger so you're not like burning any oxygen nothing else no other brain power but it's like sure. you're, I'm just like the whole time mm. <laughs> and uh, but what was harder than that was the two minute exhalation breath hold so you take a breath and you blow it all out now hold your breath for two minutes oh. that is harder than holding it for four minutes and Sounds the reason for the four minute breath hold is uh, is that really equals equates to about a two minute working breath hold so you know we were just to have something to measure because you know everything should be measurable in some way um it that equates to about 120 foot like free dive down and then touch the bottom and then turn and go back to the surface so and then on that when we da- went out in the ocean and we did that and we were doing the 120 foot one i'm like kicking my way down i'm like counting my kicks and i'm like i feel like i should be there by now why am i not there and i look up and i was about 10 feet away and i was like oh so I kind of got myself all out of like this aerodynamic fashion and I'm like, okay, get back down there. Like I could have turned around and gone back to the surface. It would have been fine. But 
no, not me. I'm like, I have to touch that little weight that's at the end right. of the thing. And now I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to make it back to the surface. So I like give my instructor, I'm like, I don't know. We're, we'll see how this goes. The little like hand, uh, I could be in trouble. We'll see. I don't know. And uh, I just want you to watch me. That's funny. <laughs> I that's made it to the sur- back to the surface, but yeah, it was a little stressful. It's funny being from seeing that you're from Mississippi and then all of a sudden you're diving 120 feet down in the ocean, man. That, right. On a, on that, a breath hold. For me, I don't know, man. When I told you, I grew up in a poor family in, you know, in, in northwest Missouri. When we went to Hawaii, I went out there in Turtle Bay, and I'm snorkeling. It's all cool. As soon as you get, right. as soon as you get off that reef and you get that drop off, <laughs> man, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna start heading back. But when I, and I didn't think I was a paranoid person, but I'm, dry, I'm swimming back, and I just keep looking behind me, right? Because I'm like, oh, right. Something, it just feels like something's watching. There must be a Oceans shark are, about to eat me at any moment. Yeah. The ocean is I still, a I still have place, that, that but thought. But I love it. Yeah, I still have that thought. Like, I'm off my board. I'm, like, getting hammered in the surf zone. I'm like, oh, I want to get back on my board. And Jeez, uh, am I going to get eaten by a shark right now? This is terrible. Yeah. Fear <sighs> yeah. just takes control of your mind and yeah, your body. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, man. Yeah, it makes you do some funny things. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm a great swimmer trying to swim back. So, <laughs> um, so. I, Okay, so now now to kind of move back to 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 you getting hurt and where you're at now and your time in the teams and everything, how that all kind of comes together. What made you start Naked Warrior? Like before you do that, t- explain what Naked Warrior is for people that are so, listening that have so heard of it. Naked Warrior Recovery is a CBD company, and our mission is is twenty two to zero, and the number twenty two is the number of, of veterans who take their own lives every single day. So we've lost some more veterans to suicide in the last 20 years than we have in 20 years of sustained combat. And that is completely unsat. And and I have friends, actually my dad committed suicide. He's, he was a veteran. And uh, and so our mission is, is 22 to zero. And, and, and so for me, uh, CBD is is a modality. It's, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a magic, magic pill. It doesn't cure cancer or make every the world great all at one time but it's a modality and it's been proven to help with stress anxiety it helps with sleep it helps with pain it helps with all sorts of things and so when I transitioned out of the military I was not prepared to transition I knew my day was coming I just didn't have a good plan I didn't have a good purpose because in the SEAL teams you have a badass mission you have a badass team you know what you're going to do every day you have a plan you have purpose you have you have a mission in life. And when I got out of the SEAL teams and out of the military, I no longer had that team, I no longer had the family, I no longer had the mission, I no longer had the purpose. And so I was lost. I also have a bunch of, I have some, we'll call it baggage. I don't say PTSD or anything like that. Sure, I got some sure. stuff from, from work. I've got some other stuff from toxic relationships, things like drama that just like still boils up in my life. And you know, all this negative self-talk in my head, like just noise. And so what I would do is I would, I would drink myself to sleep at night. You know, vodka is my drink of choice. And I would have three, four, five glasses of vodka until the noise is off. And I'm like a bumbling idiot. And I like fall asleep. Um, and so Ray is actually the person who gave me that my first bottle of CBD. So I was in Virginia, uh, dealing with some stuff. And, uh, and I had lunch with Ray. I hadn't really seen Ray for like 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. And uh, we were, he was at my, like, kind of my sea daddy, if you will, in my very first SEAL platoon. And so I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? You want to get lunch? He's like, yeah. 
So we got lunch and then we finished lunch and I said, hey, I'm gonna uh, go see if I can find some CBD because I think what you have here in Virginia is better than maybe what we have in Hawaii. I don't really know. He was like, you want CBD? I've got some back at the house that a company sent me. So I took, you know, I took that bottle. Um, I tried it for like the 30 days that it lasted. And I like to say that water boils at 212 degrees. I was living at 210 degrees. So it didn't take me long to like hit that boiling, that boiling zone. Right, and after right. taking CBD, I didn't notice anything right away. There wasn't like, like maybe I slept a little better. Maybe I was a little less pissed off when I woke up in the morning. But what, what I noticed is over time, um, over that kind of 30 day period, I went from like 210 to 205 to 200. Maybe I was like 190 at the end of like 30 days. And I also noticed like pains in my body are, I'm, I'm 100% dis disabled through the VA, which really means I'm 250% disabled if you do the math across the board. And there's even things that uh, I didn't claim. Like I went back and read the way things were submitted. I'm like, ah, oh, I still have whatever. But, but so I, right. I have a lot of pain in my body. I still try to do hard things, but it still hurts. My body hurts a lot. My sure, head hurts a sure. lot. But those pains are, they're less bad. They're much more manageable while taking CBD. When I, and then when I stopped taking CBD after that first month, so I noticed like I'm not as pissed off, not as angry, not as like my fuse is longer and I have a little less pain. Um, I stopped taking CBD and like stuff started coming back. I started getting closer to that boiling point. Pain started getting like more achy. And so I tried a different brand and uh, I had similar results. Then I was at a business conference. Someone, I met someone in the CBD industry and I'm like, hey, I, can I learn more about this? You know, and this was like CBD wasn't really, it was just starting to be cool because CBD was illegal, illegal in the United States until I think it's December 20th, 2018. So it's brand new. Like, and then like that, that made the, that the market. Yeah. Super recent. You wouldn't know that because there's CBD everywhere you look. And that's part right. of the problem with the CBD industry, kind of the dark side of it, is it's very dirty. There's a lot of companies yeah. out there, they're just yeah. out there to get rich quick. And and so what I've, you know, I've met this person and really I was like, I kind of want to work for you. And she's like, why don't you just start your own CBD company? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. She's like, you're, you're a Navy SEAL, go figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, check. Yeah, you, you just pulled my man card, gotcha. And so she kind of educated me about a little bit of stuff. Maybe she would be my supplier, maybe not. Uh, but she wasn't ready to, to go down that road. And sure. so I started researching the CBD industry. Like, like now I'm like, I just got called out to like start my own company. So I follow, I, from the military, I follow orders pretty well. Um, and so as I started researching, I found out how dirty the industry is. Like there's, there are many companies, the FDA has gone out and done many spot checks and they found like most, most products don't have CBD or they have high levels of THC above the legal limit, 0.3%. Uh, they have high levels of heavy metals, mercury, arsenic, lead, things like that. And, and uh, they're not third party tested. They have tons of solvents. So if you're putting something in your body to be a medicine, you don't be putting a bunch of poisons in your body. And the reason that all these these CBD products have that is because you know uh, hemp, which is where CBD comes from, is a bioaccumulator. So it pulls all the good stuff out of the soil and all the bad stuff out of the soil. And so they're using it's such a powerful bioaccumulator. They're using hemp at Chernobyl to clean the radiation out of the soil. So it's it's Seriously? powerful. Yeah. So you want to have like good dirt. <laughs> that you wanna have good farming practices, you wanna have like all of that good stuff. So all of our products now are, they're USDA certified organic, 
uh, mostly broad spectrum because really I'm trying to take care, I'm trying to give the people who serve veterans, first responders, a, a, a THC free option, but still have many of the minor cannabinoids sure, and terpenes sure. from the hemp plant. So there's three different um, going, I know I'm going fast here, but nope, I'm just trying to like, shove a bunch of stuff out there. Uh, there's three main categories of CBD. There's a full spectrum, which still has the THC uh, variant, like the molecule THC in it. And I have two products that have that. The rest of my products are broad spectrum, which means we remove the, the, the THC molecule, but we maintain most of the, the minor cannabinoids and terpenes. There's about 120 uh, of those minor cannabinoids and terpenes in the hemp plant in, the, in like a, a, a broad spectrum, a full spectrum CBD oil. And right, then there's a CBD right. isolate where they just isolate the molecule CBD and they throw that into like a hemp, uh, a, like hemp oil or they throw it into uh, an olive oil or an MCT oil. That's the lowest quality product that you're going to get on the market. So I would, if people are interested in CBD, I would look at either uh, a, a full spectrum or a broad spectrum, but also make sure that all the products are third party, independently lab, third party tested. And that's clear on the website. All of my products have uh, a QR code. So if you have questions about the, the lab results, you can like scan with your phone, the QR code, it'll take you to a website and you can look at the actual lab results to make sure that you're, so you know what you're actually putting in your body. Which, which, which this is interesting because you don't see that ever. I mean, everybody, the reason why CBD I think is so popular, especially in places wherever you see it, because, because it's like you said, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. You drive down, down a main street and you're seeing on a gas station CBD. And so people yes. they're thinking, okay, sweet. I'm going to go get whatever that is. You know what I mean? And so they, they go in and they, they get that. They don't, they don't, they, you aren't able to look at lab tests, things like that. No, I'll tell you, whenever I buy my supplements, if I'm buying you know, like a SARM, like Carterine or whatever it may be, I'm, I, I'm only getting it if they have, if they have lab results, lab tests that right. I can sit there and I can go through line by line, see what everything, you know, see how everything played out. Cause I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Not, not really. I mean, SARMs are a lot less, um, mainstream than cbd right and so right these these supplements i you there are a lot of them but like it's it's like cbd in the same sense where not all of them are are backed or have detailed reports and things like that and you're going to pay a premium for those those really clean really good products right and i think a lot of people are okay with that i think people yeah. will pay a premium for that kind of stuff and yeah and they will i mean i've had like i didn't I'm a little bit of a doubting Thomas, and I was like, I know I'm starting this because CBD worked for me. It was a modality that helped me. There's also right. this get naked mindset that I also will talk about in a minute that I've that I've kind of developed. But you know, it it was a modality that helped me get there. And then I still have like questions. I'm like, does this really help other people? I mean, I see the evidence out there. I'm reading papers. I, I get on PubMed all the time. Um, and when I started like just at a regularly getting positive feedback from people like hey this has helped me hey i'm a i'm a career uh law enforcement officer you know i have these problems migraines blah 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 sleep pain etc anxiety like, depression does that help with your anxiety yeah 100 percent. yeah yes it does Interesting. um That's awesome and you know cbd has also been shown to help people get off of 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 uh opioids and and things like that uh, it's really? not it's Again, it's a modality. It's it, because of the way that it works with the neurotransmitters in the in the body. So let's just say you know, well, I, THC is not an opioid. THC is a, is a cannabinoid. But you know, right. THC affects the the mind and 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 the 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 cannab endocannabinoid receptors because we as as mammals have our own endocannabinoid system. 
we produce endogenous cannabinoids. So one of the cannabinoids that we produce naturally is called anandamide. It's called the bliss molecule. It's very closely related to THC because you feel good. It's like you, that runner's high. You work out, you feel really good. Exactly. It feeds your exactly. endocannabinoid system. It's uh, um, Anyway, um, I was going to say something really smart, and I the, the words flew right out of my head. So, uh, kind of a little bit nerdy, and I and I failed. Right? I there. love it, man. I love it. <laughs> um, but but so the body creates endogenous cannabinoids. CBD is works like kind of like a a super multivitamin to feed that endocannabinoid system. So the way that CBD works when it feeds the endocannabinoid system, it works kind of the opposite of THC. So if you take a bunch of tea. Now I'm taking. I'm saying this uh, hypothetically because I've never really had THC, but sure. um, I don't have a problem with it. I just still maintain a top secret clearance, and I can't. I can't. Like it's Correct. like I can't. Correct. I, Correct. Like I. I have a lot of stuff going on. So. Exactly. But. Uh, but. So if you were to take uh, and have a bad trip on on some some gnarly THC, you could take a bunch of CBD, and basically the THC goes in and it bonds. To those those endocannabinoid receptors, the CBD will go in and it will unbond the THC from those cannabinoid receptors, and it'll bring you down off that high. So CBD really? is sort of the an, antithesis of, of THC. Yeah. How fast does and, that work? That process right there. I don't know. I, I again, it's it's anecdotal to me because I've okay. never done it. Sure. But I have seen it. I've I've heard people talk about it. Um, there there are other medicinal purposes for for T for CBD. Uh, especially in the in the epilepsy world, there is a, a FDA certified uh, pharmaceutical called Epidiolect, and it has uh, been FDA certified, double blind, blah blah, whatever, to uh, treat a certain type of childhood epilepsy. So there's uh, there's there's a ton of of of, uh, of research out there, and a ton of research that's just starting to come to light. You know, I look at PubMed at least once a week, and like just do random searches. Because again, CBD was illegal until like two years ago, two and a half years ago, and now it's legal and it's on every street corner. And yeah. there's more and yeah. more uh, research happening every day uh, about it. I haven't seen anything negative. Uh, and when I do, if I do, then I'll certainly you know point that out to people. But I you know, so far everything looks really good i mean you can't even overdose on cbd the worst thing that could happen is maybe if you were to take like a like a hundred and thirty dollar bottle of cbd and drink that every day number one it's got a bunch of mct oil so you're gonna have some some pretty fluid yeah. uh, bathroom <laughs> breaks uh but you know that's not sustainable as far as you know just cost effective and if you were to consume that much it's not going to really hurt you but it could hurt your liver but no more than you know the amount of ibuprofen that I was taking, you know, 1600 yeah. milligrams three times a day in, in uh, steel training. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I love it, man. I love it. So that's great. I, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have an audience, like I said, that it, it's not a, not a huge audience. It's not, but the audience, they, they listen to these things. They're very, um, detail oriented. And so when they, when they hear things like this, or excuse me, whenever someone talks about CBD, for example, they're gonna want. They're gonna want to know the details. They're gonna want to know right. the ins and outs, how it works, how, you know, what it doesn't. I do, mean, my goal is to, to educate and, and entertain exactly. as much as I can. And I think you do a great job of that as, as well on your Instagram. Um, and what's your what's your Instagram handle, Will? Uh, my Instagram handle. I have two, but we'll just point them to Naked Warrior Recovery. So it's at Naked Warrior Recovery, all one word. Okay. And, Perfect. Uh, yes, yeah. that's 
it's it's phenomenal. I've been sitting there. I, I look at your I look at your post and I'll just keep just keep scrolling, just because you know CBD is a is a is a relatively new thing for me. Because again, I was a Division One athlete and I messed my knee up. You know, I did track, messed it up doing high jump, and so for me, you know, I've 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 always dealt with with some type of injury growing up doing sports and things like that. And now my injury, my my not my injury, but things that I deal with now, my afflictions, I guess you can call them, right. is is it's more of a mental thing. And so sure. for me, it's like, well, you can't just ice your head and hope that your anxiety or your depression goes away, right? And so a lot of people are just kind of left to just, just deal with it. Um, I mean, I still get, you know, put in stressful situations or have these triggers that, that, that like, used to just, like, off the deep yeah. end. Now yeah. I've, I have the mental tools, the emotional tools to, to kind of deal with it. But I also have CBD as a, as a, as a modality. So exactly. if I'm like, I'll go get some and I'll put some under my tongue and like, I still have to deal with the issue, whatever it was. Right. Like you still have to right. do the work at the end of the day, but it's not, it's not wholly consuming me the way Correct. that it used to. So, so will you say it's a modality? So what coupled with the CBD, what would you recommend for someone that's going through the shit? They're, they're going through a bad divorce. They're going through, uh, you, you said something about a toxic relationship earlier. You're, and these are just examples. But say they're going through these things, the death of a child, whatever it may be, yeah. coupled with CBD, what else can these can people do to, to really, really get the most out of that whole experience of using the CBD, whether that's going to see a so therapist, what, whatever it may be. And from from your from your yeah, perspective, yeah, for sure. So I, again, I had to, I struggled for a while. I you know I'm alone and unafraid on a rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I lost my team. I lost my everything. I've got all these, all this baggage. And, you know, CBD was, was part of the part of the answer, uh, but it wasn't the whole answer. You know, I really had to change my mentality. I, did, I had to, like, bring, you know, the right people into my life and, and get rid of the wrong people. Um, and, and so that was part of it. But also that, that also helped me, like, come up with the, with the get naked mindset. You know, Naked Warrior is, you know, part of our heritage in, in, in the SEAL team. So if you ever saw the movie Saving Private Ryan, the, mm -hmm. that assault on Normandy, Prior to that assault, there were these guys, these volunteers uh, in the Navy that were good at demolitions. They went to shore, they did surveys on the beach, they got back in the water, they surveyed the water, they looked for obstacles and things like that. These were the predecessors to today's Navy SEAL. And they were called, like, basically, uh, and they, they, would, they would survey beach, they would, you know, looking for, looking at obstacles, looking at lanes of, a, of assault, they were looking for machine gun nests, they were taking fire while they're out there laying on the beach, like, taking all this information in. And hours before the assault, that Saving Private Ryan assault on Normandy, they went mm -hmm. back into the beach with demo, with the plan, and, uh, and put demo charges on all the obstacles and, you know, creating lanes of, of, of assault went back out into the water, hopped in a boat, blew, blew the charges as, you know, the assault force is coming in. And so these guys were underwater demolition team. They became underwater demolition team because they did this again in the, in the Pacific. Uh, they, you know, clearing barrier reefs because, you know, you'd have re Marines like hit a barrier reef. They're going to, you know, to like, right. you know, take right. the island back over and they would run off the edge of the reef into like 30 feet of water and drown because they thought they were in three feet of water. So they brought the, right. you know, these, these same guys out to the to the Pacific they would do recons and and blow you know lanes of assault and and so in 1962 uh, the these underwater demolition teams 
became U.S. Navy SEALs because those guys were always coming to the water during during the in Vietnam, and uh, and there was some other stuff that was happening in the background. But the Naked Warrior is the predecessor to today's Navy SEAL. But also getting this this idea of getting naked. It's it's really about taking your ego off and taking that baggage that other people are putting on you from whatever relationships that you're having, taking that off and like putting it in the corner so you can like find your healing and find your, you know, becoming vulnerable for just a little while and rest and recover and heal and, and get ready to go into combat again. You know, in, in real life, if we if we get into a skirmish or whatever, we take it personally. Like in, in, in real combat, you put your armor on, you go into harm's way, maybe it saves your life, maybe you don't need it, and you come back, you sure. take it off, you, you hit the sure. showers, you rest, recover, you're ready to do it. We don't do that in life. Like we don't ever find, like if we find that we're under attack from whatever it is, you know, maybe it's imaginary, it doesn't matter, you, we never take our armor off and we're always on edge and we're always in this fight or flight state. And, you know, that happens with veterans a lot. You know, you go, you right, do things, right. you come back, and law enforcement, first responders, <clears throat> a lot. And uh, that's why I say I could never do that first responder job. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, my hat's off every day, uh, and I'm very grateful for them. Um, but, you know, going, but we don't ever take that armor off. And so we have to, like, mentally just think about taking our armor off and, and getting naked and being exposed and being vulnerable. And that's where we're going to find true healing. And some people find it through, through, you know, talking to a, a, a counselor or a therapist, other people find sure. it in, in other ways. Um, and, but once I had to like go through that lesson and I was talking to someone else about this and he was like, yeah, you know what? My therapist actually uh, told me to, you know, when I would come home, he to like start taking my armor off. And I had never talked to, to this guy about this ever before. And he was like, yeah. And like, as I go from my truck to the, into the house, you know, I visually think about like taking these, these gauntlet gloves off and like setting them down and the, the, the chaps and the, the iron and the breastplate and the helmet. And like, I set it down at each point, like as I'm walking to the house. And so once I get into the house, I'm no longer in like combat mode. I'm in family mode. And I was like, that's, that's a great way to kind of think about that and visualize that in your, in your very own life. Um, I've never thought of it like that. That's, that's phenomenal. Right. And it's phenomenal, but that's just sort of this mentality that you, you kind of have to get into. Yep. And then, and then the other side of, of, of getting naked is, is it's a, it's a mindset about, about being an awesome person. And the N it stands for never quit. And I don't mean never quit like drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever. Right, I mean, right. if, if you're going to start something and it's worth starting, it's probably worth finishing. And it could be something that seems like it's unattainium. But you know what? Rome conquering the world, they, it wasn't built in a day. They didn't conquer the world in a day. It took, a, it took you know, decades. And so it's, it took a campaign. And so, you know, if you have this thing that you want to accomplish and you kind of lose the willpower to keep doing it, just do it like this, like chop it up into bite-sized pieces, chop it up into small goals that you're able to get some easy, quick wins. And some days they're going to be harder, quick wins, but you know, chop it up into, into something that's easy to do. And then every day, get yourself a win. And sometimes you can chop it up into little wins. If you need to like, you got a big project to do. I don't feel like starting that project. Yeah. Do two yeah. or three little bitty things that don't really matter, that don't really move the needle. But what they do is they get your momentum going. They start that inertia in the right direction. And then you are able to, to like eat that frog or take that big rock and stick it into the bucket. No, uh, I the love a that. is I love it. The A is accept failure uh, because, you know, all success is built off of failure. Michael Jordan, arguably the best basketball player of all time. He's missed more than 3,000 shots in his career. And you know what he did? Every game after he missed a shot, he went and he worked on that shot. 
Like, he wouldn't be really good at, at the things that he is at unless he had failure. Right. You know, Steve Jobs fired from Apple. Elon Musk fired from the first company he started. He almost had to file bankruptcy twice. Um, Henry Ford started, he has like seven bankruptcies under, under his belt. Um, Oprah Winfrey, she ran away from home when she was 14 years old. She got pregnant at 15. She later lost the kids. She became a, a household name superstar. She starred in the movie, the movie flopped. Now she's even bigger than she is today. Failure. Failure is the foundation of success. And if you think about it like this, where you have failure, you have failure, you have failure, you have failure. Oh, now you just hop right over that wall. But as yeah. long as you accept that failure and you learn from it, you can keep going. The K is kill mediocrity. We've talked about that earlier, you know, with, you know, instant gratification that we have today, Netflix and Amazon, and I can punch a button on my phone and have ice cream here and I never have to get off the couch. And like, we live in a world of me mediocrity and, and it's our job to kill it and just try to be 1% better. 0.001% better. It's, you know, go one more step, one more mile, more, one more something. Be better today than you were yesterday. Uh, the E is expose your fears. And I think fear is the thing that stops us all. Fear is what keeps that armor on. Fear is the thing that creates anxiety. Anxiety is just the anticipation of something that hasn't happened yet. And right. probably never will. And the fear, I'm not talking about the things that go bump in the night. I'm talking about the fear that keeps you from going and uh, attacking your dreams or going and asking some girl out or asking some guy out or starting a company or investing in something. or like. And so if, if you expose that fear, if you reach back there and you pull that fear out and you, know, and you write it down on a piece of paper, not, with it, not on a keyboard, like take a pen, pen or a piece of paper, write those fears out. So I have a business coach and he says, Fear does not exist on paper. And, you know, he was talking about a story once upon a time where he's like, he's driving and he's like all these things and he's a billionaire. And he's like, all these things are bug. I'm like, you shouldn't have any problem. You got more money than God. He's like, I, I still got whatever. Uh, I'm still trying to make more. I'm like, also good for you. Help me, help me make more. Um, That's awesome. And, and, uh, but he still has these fear, these anxieties. And he's like, I, all I had to do, I had to like, find the next Starbucks, pull over. I went inside, ordered a coffee, sat down with a pen and paper. I wrote out my fears. I read them aloud. And I was like, that's really what's bothering me. And I've tried that trick my very own self. And you know what? It works awesome. Once you take those fears and you expose them to the light in the world, they don't like to be in, in the light. They like the dark place in the back of your mind. When you bring it to the front, now you control that fear. That fear no longer controls you. And the D is do the work. This all takes work. If we want to be if we want to never quit, we have to do the work. If we want to accept failure, we have to fail. If we want to kill mediocrity, it takes effort. If we want to expose our fears, we have to do that work. And so the D is to do the work. Never quit, accept failure, kill mediocrity, expose your fears and do the work. And you can't do that in every section of your life all the time. So what I, right. what I tell people is like pick one section of your life, one thing. Like, do you want to be more productive? Focus on that one effort. If you want to make more money, focus on that one thing. If you want to have a better relationship, focus on that one thing and apply these principles. And what are the, what is the, what is the biggest pain point in your life? Apply these principles to that one pain point, nothing else. And it will, it will naturally migrate to the other, the rest, the other parts of your life. And that's really what I had to do. It was something that worked for me, uh, like CBD worked for me. And then I changed my entire mental mindset and that's, what really helped me make me the person I am today. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, that's phenomenal. I had no idea that, that naked stood for, for everything that it does. Right. I, you know, I, I, you, you see these things, you don't think that it's, uh, 
um, that the NAKED actually stands for 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 something, right? Um, right. But for me, it's it's. I, I wish I wish I would have heard all that, or I wish I would have known you a while back, just when I really first started going through all the all this stuff, right? Because um, I mean, so take the podcast for example, okay? It's even starting something as simple as a podcast for me, dude. My anxiety was just just was just shooting way up, right? And so I I'm think like, that's terrifying. Shit. Starting it's a terrifying. podcast, it is. <laughs> I'm like, Holy what are shit. people going to think about me? Am I going to say right. something stupid? Right. La, la, la. Is anyone going to listen? Gonna up, I'm, I'm going to end up having, having a guest and, and I don't know who it's going to be and I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm going to end up divulging something that, that I know that, I, and I've got it in my head right now and we could talk about it off air in New York, whatever, but I right saying it over the air scares the shit out of me to think about. Right. But I think that people would, would appreciate it. But dude, just that, those little things, they scare me or just buying the equipment, buying whatever. Right. I'm like, how Investing am I going to do money. all this? Oh my God, am I going right. like, to be able to afford this? Yeah. Exactly. The time, then, the effort, ex- the, min- the mental. Yeah. 100%. And then exposing that fear though, right? The, the right. E, exposing that fear. That's something that I think I would have I would have really benefited from having, if you know, if I was able to hear that or even just see that or read it, whatever it may be. Because for me, it's like, well, if something was bad for me or it scared me, it's just just throw it in the baggage right it just let it just keep piling up whatever bottle it up right. whatever whatever you know metaphor you want to use that's that's what i used to do i used to just bottle all that shit up and then yeah um, we're really good you know, at mark, compartmentalizing and, and not talking it, about it yeah and, exactly yeah. exactly and then mark lamb the the same guy from life pd he started talking about about timing he's like you know timing be damned sometimes you just got to do Right, and then again, right. I follow Goggins, Latrell, all these guys. I've been following Ray for you. Just I, I try to I try to be I say as involved in that community as I can. But when I say that, I mean I'm trying to read everything I can, listen to these quotes, right. follow the Facebook lives and things like that, because there's a lot of there's a lot of um, it's a gold mine. It really is. There's something different about the SEAL mindset, the Ranger mindset, things like that. It's just different for them. I mean, how many how many seals own businesses right now? I mean, we're, there's a, there's we're, we're growing, there's, yeah. There's a bunch, man. It's yeah. it's crazy because, but they're just doers. They're doers, and right. and you can't. But you there's can't tell fear me. in that also. There's still exactly like, the, exactly. But, but you know, we also we you know, we try to mitigate risk also. Correct. But there's still a a level of you just have to say fuck it and let's go exactly and do it hundred percent and and that's I mean that's scary for you know even like whatever jumping out of an airplane well I haven't jumped in like oh, two yeah. years I'm like oh, oh I have, yeah. wait what are my yeah. emergency procedures and like oh yep. what, okay did I pack my chute right like you still have all this you know sort of negative talk and like distrust of like <laughs> will it actually work and you will never ever know unless you step forward and you actually apply it and do it. Absolutely. You may that's fail. Something. That's fine. I mean, failing exactly. during a free fall is not good. Uh, you do have a backup parachute, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's not yeah, gonna hurt it's, long. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. That is a fact. Yeah, I, You're gonna that, die that's at some one point. thing. I prefer not to die now, but okay. <laughs> exactly. That's that's one thing. I think people just need to just need to, and, and myself included, just do it. Just. I hate being that saying you know being that guy that's gonna say it. Just grow a set of nuts and just go do it. It's you true. Fall, if you fall, if you you know, if you fail, fail forward, right? Yep. Learn from it. It's a foundation. It's your foundation, man. Right. If you don't, if and you don't, so, if you don't take the step, you can't fall. And if you're not failing, exactly. you're you're being mediocre. That's you're exactly not right. trying hard enough. Exactly. You know, I, I went to Costa Rica once upon a time, 
and took some surf lessons because I thought I was kind of okay and I thought I would get better and then I would take like you know what go out and get a coach if you have questions about it go get a coach and uh, your coach is going to teach you something and if he doesn't well okay I, you probably still yeah. learned something even though you didn't think you did and it's like working uh, out exactly you go to like oftentimes you go to failure go to like muscle failure okay and yep. then your muscles grow and you get bigger and stronger and exactly. so you know one of my one of the the coaches down there um they're like well if you're this not costa rica falling yeah in costa rica it's like if you're not falling that means you're not trying hard enough i mean i was falling because i just wasn't that good but you know but if you're not you're not trying to like do a new trick you're not trying to like improve your surfing if you're not trying to make a better podcast if you're not trying to be exactly. bring more value into the world then you're in you and you're not failing you're not trying hard enough so definitely definitely yeah that that's awesome well i i you know i i really i I've said it three, four times already. I appreciate you coming on, brother. I, I really do, and I know that we're going to have some more this conversations this in the good. coming weeks. I like this conversation. Yeah, this is awesome. It, it's plenty, plenty more to be had. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and, and we can talk about this off air, but if there's someone that you know, maybe in your audience, that's all you know, very active on your profile, whatever it may be, that maybe has reached out to you before about getting a, a a bundle or, or whatever. I don't know if you sell bundles of yep. I mean, maybe I, I like sell a hat, bundles, yeah. shirt, maybe some CBD oil, whatever, bath bombs, whatever it may be. If you know of someone, that's something I would like to do. I'd like to buy a, buy a, I guess a bundle. I guess that's what I'll call it, and, and get get it to that person or someone on my podcast, whoever is going to reach out to me. So if you have an idea of someone that could use this, please let me know. I want to I want to I want to make the purchase for them. Or, I mean, if, if someone comes to me from my, my podcast, my audience, and they reach out, um, I'd like to talk to you about making that purchase and get that get that out to them. And then I also... How about if I... Can I just give you a... And we'll make it up right here, right here on the spot. Okay. Uh, a, a 20% off discount code for anyone who listens to this podcast. I um, love it. And you I tell me it. what you want the code to be. I will... Okay. Uh, I, will, I will make it. If you tell me now, I'll write it down. Let's just do hot mics. Me. Hot mics. H-O-T-M-I-C-S. And that'll be, you know, I'll do that uh, as soon as we hang up and, uh, and create that, that code. And, uh, and then so your listeners will get 20% off of, of any, anything that they buy. So at least there will be some I value. I appreciate you. You know, bro. CBD is kind you. of an expensive uh, investment well, at times. And so I try to make it as easy as possible. I try to make the barrier of entry, you know, as easy as possible. I do sales sure. quite often. Sure. Um, all veterans and first responders, they get 30% off for life. Uh, you just have to like contact me for the code to use. Would they just reach out um, to you on Instagram or just reach email, out to me on Instagram. Is... You can reach out to me, you know, on my website. Uh, there's okay. a contact me. I get the emails. Um, and, and I reply to all. Sometimes I get a little behind, but uh, I reply to everyone. I think I've got one email in the back of my mind. I'm pretty sure I replied to him, but I'm like, I, I mean, it was like, hey, I, I, this, I got this email. I got the purchase, but I, it also said, hey, you left something in your cart. And I also, when right, I order right. stuff for other people, I get those same emails, but I'm like, I, I need to reply to him. Yeah, it happened yeah. over the weekend. But, uh, but, but I try to, I try to support as, as many people and make the barrier of entry as easy as possible. And sure. if you need a little help, you know, I can, I can help with, with some discount codes. Sure. Again, Will, where can they? So, <clears throat> so a couple things here. First off, the website. Second off. Uh, best way to get a hold of you, whether that's Instagram, whatever it may be, go. Uh, my website is www. Someone told me I was old if I say www. 
dot nw dash recovery.com you can also say uh do naked warrior recovery dot com all one word but i thought you know maybe people don't want to write naked into their search engine so who knows where they're whatever um so nw dash recovery.com either one will get you there uh you can con you can email me from the contact me button there you can also connect with me on instagram at naked warrior recovery and i generally reply to pretty much all my dms unless you're a little creepy and then like yeah. I was reaching out about a podcast. I totally fine. Lucky. Oh, you I, I, help help me bring value to other people. Yeah, we, oh, let's do this all day long. Absolutely, man. Well, well, I first off, I, I am going to get some some swag. So I I, I'm, I got one of Ray's shirts. I'm going to get one of your shirts. I'll get it shipped out here. I'm going to bring it to New York, show awesome. it off because <laughs> that's what I got to do. Um, brother, I appreciate you. I know. I, I know. Right you. now, Thanks it's for bringing me on. This is what, awesome. What time is it? One o'clock there. It 1:30? is three three twenty five here. Oh, okay. So you're not that far behind. Okay, cool. Where I'm well, six cool, hours man. behind the East Coast, but oh, in the winter I'm five hours right. behind because we don't move the clocks. <laughs> hey, the, the Polynesian culture is the best, man. You get a lot of that out here in Utah. Love them to death. So, all right, right brother. Hey, I appreciate you. We will be. I, I mean, at the very least, I don't know if we'll do another episode. I'd love to do like a panel thing with 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 Ray and you and whoever else. I don't know who else yeah. is going up there. I don't know if Mitch is going up, but. Dude, I think it'd be fun to just sit down and have whatever drinks, dinner, whatever it may be, and and just shoot the breeze, man. I yeah, we'll I respect what, you guys. We'll see what, what pans out there. I so thank, thank you, you know, guys. kind of going back to that that sort of get naked piece. I've, sure. I've created a document. I don't have the website up. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, I will. Hopefully, in the next week or two, I'll have that that site up. But basically, sure. it's just uh, you know, it it'll be the the website will be fivesealsecrets.com, and. Uh, and basically, you just put your email number address in there. Or the number five. Yeah, the number five. Okay. Number five. FiveSealSecrets.com is what the website will be. And uh, you just put your email address in there. And then I will email you a, a copy of a this document. And I'll, I'll send it to you just separately Thank after you. this. Um, so that you can kind of see, you know, what Get Naked is all about. You know, the Get is really about taking action. And uh, because, you know... It, it all requires action and then you know never Absolutely. quit except failure kill mediocre kill mediocrity expose your fears and do the work so um so that will be a free gift and then you know i you'll get on my email list you can stay on my email list and like sometimes i send out cool stuff sometimes i send out uh you know promos for stuff sometimes it's just educational uh but i'm gonna start doing more mindset stuff uh coming up so um so and you can I, you're not gonna hurt my feelings if you if you unsubscribe from my emails it's totally fine uh, I, you know if you don't want to if you don't want to get my email I it's fine but what I would ask is when you when you receive my email or when you subscribe is to um, check your junk mail because a lot of times my emails even my emails to me go into my junk mail so if you could go pull me out and make me a, 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 a trusted a safe, sender right, yeah whatever right. however that whole thing pans out. Uh, however you do that, that would be awesome. So that you can actually sure, receive, uh, you know, some sort of value from me. And if again, if you Absolutely. don't, if you don't want it, it's fine. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I, I'm just trying to help, you know, make the world a better place. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, one thing that I re that I'm gonna end up doing here in the next, uh, once I get a little bit more established here around episode 10 or 20, I think I'm gonna start. So every guest that I have, I'm gonna get. I feel like almost every guest I have has some kind of uh, of apparel or merchandise or product that they offer. 
So I'm going to be getting a thing from, I mean, I'm going to be, again, this is not, I am not, you know, trying to get you to send me something. I am buying something from each person and I'm going to send a bundle to, to someone that, no, nope, you're good, brother. You're good. I'm going to, I'm going to put it all together and, but I I think it's going to be fun. And and it's one of those things where if you've got a, if you got listeners that, that are interested in it, sweet, we'll get them a hat from Neil, get, get them a, a bundle from you couple things from ray it'll be fun man it'll be fun yeah. so we'll keep you in the loop we'll, we'll keep you updated and uh and yeah well we're gonna be we're just gonna be busy a couple weeks man what is it april 5th is or excuse me august 5th is the august is new york is a swim. yeah seventh is a swim yeah That's gonna i'm be trying, to get, trying to, to get out to there. arizona uh prior to that to to, to get to sit down with uh with don fry and uh okay dan severin and, and get on their podcast on the way out to uh on the way out to new york where are they at? Where are they located? Are they in like the Phoenix area? Do you know? I, you know what? Tucson. I'm not. I, I haven't okay. spent much time in Arizona, so uh, yeah, I, it's, I, it's a big, like, big. I have no idea. It's a big, big, big desert to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, not. No offense to anyone that lives there. Uh, I right, just. I, right. I'm just not familiar with it. Yeah. Exactly. Cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you. God bless you. Stay safe, and we will. We will see you uh, in the coming weeks. Let's do it. All, All right. right. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll appreciate you.